You're listening to the Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast. Welcome to the Leadership and Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast. My name is Joe Contreras, and today I'm with Jesus Vieira. Jesus is on his third year at La Sierra University in Riverside, California, studying business and seminary. We're going to talk about one of the toughest questions that the church tries to avoid. Let's take a drink. We live in a, we live in a world where there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of suffering. And a lot of times we don't ask the question, where is God in the midst of all this pain and suffering? The reality is we live in a broken world. And there's only one cure, there's only one truth, there's only one reality, but... When pain comes in our lives, when we suffer, we tend to run away from that truth, mm. and we try to fill that void with other things. Mm. Jesus, what do you feel is the source of our pain and suffering? Definitely a lot to what you're saying. We, we, we're longing for something else. And for different people, that source of pain can come from a lot of stuff. It can come from broken families, broken households, uh, their environment. Um, maybe things are happening in school that, that their friends, their parents, people don't just don't know about. Um, so this, this pain that we hold in our hearts is definitely for, it's not supposed to be there, I'll tell you that. It's not supposed to be there at all. But pain is something so real for everyone that, in a sense, it's, it's, it sucks to say, but pain is sometimes what brings people together, you know? As for the source of it, um, you know, we can dive into it theologically. We can dive into it, you know, in our beliefs and stuff, like what, what does pain really originate from? But pain is just the absence of love. It's really what it is. So a, lo- a lot of times we we place it on God. We blame God for mm-hmm. the pain that we we suffer or the, the things that in our lives that interrupt our lives, things that make our life harder and challenging. Now we see in Genesis when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve when they ate from the forbidden fruit, and we see the whole entire Bible is this love story, this, re- mm-hmm. this story of redemption, the story of God um, redeeming his people after we made a terrible mistake and decided to not listen to him. And we decided to not let him tell us the difference between good and evil. We wanted to figure out it on our own. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we find ourselves in trouble when we try to figure things out on our own in life and we don't allow God to show us what is good and what is evil. That is when sin entered the world in Genesis, in that story. And we see throughout the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelations, Jesus is trying to redeem his people. And Jesus died on the cross for our sin so that we don't have to, we will suffer, but we find hope and we can find joy, mm-hmm. and we can find God mm-hmm. in the midst of that suffering, mm-hmm. in the midst of that pain. Now, the challenging part 
is when that actually happens to you, when mm. suffering and pain actually happens to you to see God in the midst of it. <clears throat> when we suffer pain, we sometimes feel like God is absent. Yeah, definitely. This Bible right here, man, it, it really is. It's, it's nothing but a love story. But there is like, um, there is times when, when, when we we talk about a loving God and and how awesome and powerful God is. But like, yo, it, it you, man, all you all you gotta do is just see what's you got. All you gotta do is scroll through Twitter, man. See what's going on in Twitter and and, and the news that's happening, and, and you'll just be like, yo, I don't I don't think that there is a a loving God out there. Um. And you were mentioning, like, what happens when it does happen to us? Like, what do we do then? Most recently, my most written, my, I mean, my last sermon, I, I, ta- I spoke about this guy named Jehoshaphat. Um, if you don't know who Jeho- Jehoshaphat is, he's in the Old Testament, uh, Second Chronicles, and he is introduced in chapter 17, I believe, Second Chronicles chapter 17. Uh, so Jehoshaphat is this, is this dope king, right? Um, he's awesome. He's special simply because he's the he is the first king since King David. I'm pretty sure you guys know who King David is. You know David and the Goliath, the chosen one, number eight. You remember that? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so he's the first king since King David to to basically obey God's commandments. He's the first one to um, to to lead his kingdom to worship God. So that's why he was so dope. At at this during you have to we have to also look at the context of this time. This was the time when uh, God's kingdom was actually divided into southern Judah and northern Israel. And and northern Israel was like they were both like they've gone through so much um, and northern Israel was like bad off like they had wanted nothing to do with God. But here comes Jehoshaphat and he's like, no, I'm, I'm taking my kingdom back to the source. You know, he's taking them back to God and stuff like that. And, and, and the Bible tells us that God blesses his kingdom and, and literally, like, he blesses his kingdom so much that, like, it talks about, the Bible talks about that the neighboring enemies, the neighboring um, kingdoms, like, they didn't even want to mess with Jehoshaphat, with southern Judah because they were like, nah, God is in that kingdom and we don't, we don't want to be there because we know something. If we go there, we're going to be messed up. Um, so he, he's, he's highly blessed, um, but there is, there does come a time when Jehoshaphat messes up. Uh, this is just really quick backstory to lead up to my point. Um, he actually becomes friends with, with the king of northern, northern Israel, and he gets into this whole mess. Israel goes into war. The king is, is, um, he, he tells, he tells Jehoshaphat, he's like, bro, I need you to go disguise as me and go into the war. Uh, so that way, like, you know, like, they won't know it's me because they're trying to kill me and stuff like that. Basically, long story short, Jehoshaphat does that. He goes into war, and actually um, the enemies find him, and they're literally about to kill him. But Jehoshaphat cries out to God, and God saves him. And then they, the people realize that's not that's not the northern Israel king. That's Jehoshaphat. And they actually um, they let him go, and, and the story is actually pretty interesting. I, I I believe that they just like randomly throw up like a spear or something like that, and it like literally hits the king, which is just crazy. But so basically, like Jehoshaphat learns his lesson, and here we are in chapter twenty of Second Chronicles, 
Jehoshaphat is 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 chilling, right? He's basically just relaxing, and and um, his servant comes to him. He's like, bro. I mean, you know, yeah. He's like, bro. There's three enemies coming towards us. Three different kingdoms heading our way. So it's basically like war is coming to Jehoshaphat, and it's pretty interesting what Jehoshaphat does for that. Jehoshaphat, instead of he, like you know, if you have war coming your way, as a proper king. As a, as a proper leader, you should you should prepare for that. You should start preparing, get your men ready. Jehoshaphat actually does the complete opposite. He literally seeks God. He literally stands in front of the temple and tells the entire kingdom, men, children, women, he's like, yo, you guys, we need to seek God. And the Bible tells us that they fast in prayer. So it's like when something came their way, Jehoshaphat was like, no, we need to seek God above all things first. And and as we continue to read that story, as they're praying and praying and praying, God speaks to a prophet, and basically God tells Jehoshaphat and the kingdom, he was like, yo, you guys, don't be worried, don't be discouraged, don't be afraid, because this battle is not yours. This one is mine. And so, like, the Bible tells us that Jehoshaphat, he, he, he falls down and worship. I could just imagine him crying and stuff, you know? Um, and, and, I, and then... Fast forward a little bit more, when they finally reached the battlefield, the enemies actually turned against themselves. So before Jehoshaphat could even step on the field to fight, he once he got there, every, all the enemies have already been killed because they killed each other. Um, and so God had proven what he had said, that that battle was his. And that's just one way of, you know, of, of, of when, when darkness comes your way, of, of when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling attacked. You know, pray and worship and praise your way out of it. That's what Jehoshaphat did. You know, he didn't even have to touch, like, he didn't have to fight anything because it was God's battle this whole time. But the question that I, that I bring up with that is like, okay, facts. You know, we, 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 we do our devotionals. We do our readings. We do our prayers. You know, we, we try to be the best Christians that we can be or just best people overall. But bad stuff is still happening to us. And that's awesome, God. That's awesome that you were there with Jehoshaphat. Like, that's dope. But, you know, one might read it and be like, that's just another old dude from the Old Testament. Like, that's not me right now. Why am I worshiping? Why am I praying? And why am I going? But why, but why do stuff still happen to me? Like, God, if you say that this battle is yours, why aren't you taking it? Why am I having to fight this battle? And honestly, like, sometimes it, it doesn't even, it, it honestly feels like, God isn't there sometimes. So like this 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 idea of like God like where are you? Like it's nothing new. Like this is something that we've been questioning for a lot. There's there's this um like this question that churches don't like to ask and that's like where is God in the midst of all of this? Like we love to preach about about a loving God and a powerful God, but like the truth is like there is times when God doesn't show up. And, and it seems like he's not there. Like, he says he's all-powerful, omnipresent, but sometimes it's like he's not present at all. And, and most, most some people, like, like, some church folk might be like, yo, like, it's not good to question, it's not good to doubt and stuff, but I'm here to say otherwise. Like, I think it is good to question, it is good to doubt God, and with all honesty, it's okay not to be okay. <laughs> Go a little bit deeper into it's okay to not be okay. 
just for my short time of being at Los University is is I've encountered so much pain for myself emotionally and mentally and but I've also seen the pain of other students and it's just made me realize of like the reality of what church is supposed to be you know we often we, we go to church once a week and say hi to people and and get a good word and a good message and just pray and sing and then we leave church and that's all we get from our church friends you know but just seeing the reality of pain in people's lives is it's like people want more from church and it's not even from church they just want to be a part of a community that embraces them and accepts accepts them for um basically for who they are and 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 that's the thing like we the thing that someone talk about about being okay like it's okay not to be okay because some people they they feel something in their heart or, or they're they're like feel this mental imprisonment or this like they're crying out for help but they don't have anybody to turn to and for some of us at times we turn to Jesus and that's cool and all but there's a lot of us who who we think of that and we're like we think of Jesus and we're like yeah uh, I've turned to you and you don't seem to help you know and that, and that's the sad part of it but it's also reality and and just speaking from personal experience like there's been times when when I felt at my lowest and I've cried out to God and I've been like yo please like just help me because like I'm just like I'm talking about like tears bawling and stuff and like and just just trying to see God and I don't get a single answer like God never answers and never come like at those moments it seems like God never answers and never comforts and I'm I'm and I think about those moments and I'm like yo where were you when I needed you um and and something that's that that's heavy on my heart um that I know actually a lot of people in our age group struggle with is actually um suicide and 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 uh, and I've I've encountered that through like various people who 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 somehow open up like yes I've I've had those feelings I've ha I've had those pains and and our church for so long never ever talks about that stuff and I, I feel like at one point it's anxiety or suicide depression is something that everyone struggles with and it's it's definitely real and and our churches and 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 our and our traditions and our culture has made it seem like that stuff is bad like it's not bad at all to have those thoughts because it, it's 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 yes it's a product you know it shouldn't be there yes those are facts but at the same time it's like it's okay you know it doesn't make you any less of a person it for surely doesn't mean god loves you any less you know, I'm a strong believer that there's nothing that you can do to make God love you any less or love you any more. You know, God already chose you and God already loves you. And those is just facts. But definitely it's, it's been times when 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 I've I've like hurt myself, I've I've like verbally just like just it's so hard. Sometimes it's really hard in your mind to get that just just to just to accept that God loves you for who you are. That's really hard to accept sometimes. Especially when when you're when you're wanting um, God to come through for you and and he just he just doesn't.
there's this story of like, so basically Jesus and Lazarus, they were like boys. They were like really, 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 really good friends. And so, and actually, um, Jesus gets the news that his, that like basically his best friend had died. And, and I'm pretty sure Jesus felt like moved. And, and, the, and then the crazy thing about it is that, you know, if you hear your best friend dies, I'm pretty sure you're rushing to the scene. Jesus actually waited two whole days before even going to see his boy in the grave. And and there's we can we can go into that too, like, well, how come Jesus didn't like go or stuff like that? But like uh, we could probably say that for another podcast. <laughs> um, so but basically when Jesus gets to this tomb or Jesus gets to this spot where where Lazarus is dead, um, Martha, the sister of, of Lazarus comes to Jesus and she's like if you were here my brother would not have died and that's pretty power those are some pretty powerful words right there a lot of a lot of preachers actually use that for a statement of faith they'll be like um, look at this 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 faith that Martha had she knew that Jesus was a healer and Jesus could could have saved Lazarus um, and, and she's basically saying this in faith but the truth is that when we look at the Greek context of it, the original writing of these scriptures, it's, it's something called contrary to the fact, which basically, which to sum it up, Martha, in, in more stronger words, Martha is actually, she really hates Jesus at this moment. That's, that's powerful to say, like, yo, you need to chill with that. But, like, I'm pretty sure Martha, like, hated Jesus at this moment because she's literally saying, like, Jesus, if you were here, but you weren't, my brother wouldn't have died, but he did. And it almost seems like she's saying, where were you, Jesus? And to me, those words are powerful because it, it, I don't know if it reminds you of anything, but when, when Martha is asking, where were you, Jesus? It's the same question we're asking today. Where are you, God? You know, where are you? And and that to answer that question is tough, you know. But in the midst of just trying to understand where God is in all this trouble and all this pain and everything that people are going through, I I want I personally found an answer in Scripture that that pieces it together for me and that just I guess in a sense keeps me in faith and keeps me believing that, yes, I don't understand God. I don't understand why he doesn't come through for certain people. I don't understand why he doesn't come through for me at times. But when I read this following verse, I'm like, it all makes sense. And I read from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It goes like this. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So that that basically says like if like God is here to comfort us, and if you're going through something, God God, God will God wants to comfort you and He most likely will comfort you. 
But let's say that you're going through something and and you don't feel that comfort. You don't feel that, that pain going away. Well, don't worry because God says that he comforts us so that we can comfort those in trouble. So what am I trying to say with this? What I'm trying to say is like, if you're blessed and, and if you feel like, like you're, you're succeeding and, and, and you feel like you're going in the right direction and there's really nothing wrong happening in your life, for, I guess to say, then you're called as, as a good Christian, as a good leader, as a good just human being, you're called to love other people and to comfort other people. Because there's some of us who we cry out to God or we don't even know who God is, and that's totally okay too. But there's some of us who, who, who are hurting and are in pain, and we need a friend, you know, to come over to us and be like, bro, are you okay? Like, you know, you, you have to come, you, you know, you have to meet the person where they are, and you have to basically don't, you know, kind of like that thing of like, hey, I'll pray for you. Like, dude, forget that, you know? <laughs> Sometimes people don't need the prayer. Sometimes people need the, well, what can I actually do for you, you know? And that's what this verse is calling us to do. It's calling us to be people who, who, who are there to help other people, you know, um, one-on-one, you know, like human to human. So I guess with what I want to say with that is if, if you're hurting, don't worry. If you're in pain, don't worry. If you're going through something you can't handle, don't worry because soon enough there's going to be someone who's going to step up and be like, hey, how can I help? I see that you're in pain, and I've been there, done that, and I want to help you with that as well. And, and that comfort, the Bible tells us that that comfort, that that love, it all comes from God. You know, So even when we can't find God, I, 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 want, to be, I want to say that God is, God is present, and, and, and God is here now more than he ever was. And, and he's here now people who, who really, really have gone through stuff, and maybe not even gone through, like, crazy stuff, because I've, I've been blessed, you know, I haven't gone through anything crazy, but but it's like, we have the desire and the heart to want to help those people who have gone through stuff, you know? So, and I guess all in all, that's that's really what, um, what this whole idea of suffering, I don't understand suffering, I don't understand pain, but I do understand that we're called to help those people. Um, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. When you're, when you're going through a rough time, when you're really struggling to find God in your pain or in your midst, look for people in the church. Look for people that you have, friends in the church that you may have, and, and talk to them about it. Um, but I love this point about Martha when she, she came to Jesus don't be afraid in your time of suffering to come to Jesus and mm-hmm. tell him how you really feel. Because God wants you to be honest with yourself and to be honest with him. Now, there's a lot of times in life when God seems absent. God is trusting your spiritual maturity mm-hmm. to, to carry you through that season while he's fighting the real battle that is unseen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes God challenges us in that way, and it's it's hard. It's hard to believe that God is in the, in the midst of my pain, and He's fighting the battle that is unseen. And sometimes I, lo- I love that song. Um, this is how we fight our battles. Yeah. Um, surrounded. Yes. You sometimes it feels like you're surrounded, but 
But in the times in life when you feel surrounded, worship God. Mm-hmm. Worship God because that's when breakthrough co- comes through. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, um, we see the walls of Jericho fell down through worship. Mercy. Right? Um, God is in the midst of your pain. And it's, don't be afraid to ask him where he is. And don't be afraid to be brutally honest with him like Martha was. I love what you said about, about um, God sometimes making us go through challenges, you know, trials and tribulations, because that's, that is true, you know. And, and I, I heard this pretty awesome example from a pastor back in, uh, in Riverside, um, Mount Rubido, shout out to Pastor Michael Kelly. He probably never going to hear this. But, <laughs> uh, so, so he was talking about, uh, you know, back in the back in the in Bible times, they uh, there, you know, you had your shepherds and your pastors, and they shepherd the sheep and stuff like that. And and the like, you know, we know the famous story of the, of the one that was lost, and you know, so stuff like that. It talks about he talked about like. He gave us more context of, of what it was really like. So, for example, when a when a shepherd or a pastor lost their sheep, uh, the pastor or the shepherd would go out and look for it, right? It would look for it, and, and amongst finding it, it would actually break its legs. It would break the sheep's legs, pick it up, carry it on its back, and take it all the way back, you know, to the corral or to wherever he kept the sheep. And for the following weeks, the, the pastor or the shepherd cared for the sheep. It was the one that, that, that fed it. It was the one that cleaned it. It was the one that gave it water. It, it really, for, the, for the, the entire following weeks, until the sheep healed, the, the, the shepherd was there side by side. So by the time the sheep healed, it knew to never leave mm-hmm. its, its, its shepherd or its pastor. And, and, and that speaks volumes because, you know, sometimes we got to get our legs broken. You know, sometimes we, we have to go through stuff to, to realize that that God is the one who, who who will tend for us, who will comfort us, who will give us our necessities and our needs. So by the time we're healed, you know, we know we know never to leave him, you know. Mm-hmm. And I really like what you said about that. If life was all perfect, we would never need to lean on God. Mm-hmm. And in those times of suffering and the pain, lean on God, even if it doesn't seem like he's there. Mm, yeah, um, we can spend hours talking about this topic, um, but we're running out of time. So we're going to move on to our audience question of the month. This is a special podcast for the month of July. So we answered one question in the last podcast of how to lead when the tide rises. And today we have another question, a great question. The question comes from Andrew from Stockton, California. And he asks, do you have to be a good speaker to be a good leader? Now, we see throughout the Bible, we see Moses, he wasn't really a good talker. He wasn't yeah. a good speaker. We see the Apostle Paul, he wasn't really a good speaker. Um, and the Apostle Paul, he wrote the, a, a huge mm-hmm. chunk of the New Testament. So you don't have to be a good speaker at all yeah. to be a good leader, mm-hmm. right? Because... The fundamental truth of a leader is what's in the heart, mm. right? Your heart explains or your heart speaks multitudes, right? Mm-hmm. You, don't have to, you don't have to always know what to say. 
You just always have to have the right motives. You always have to have the right heart. You don't necessarily have to be a good speaker to be a good leader. A good leader has many qualities. And, and yes, maybe one of them could be, you know, ability to publicly speak in front of people. But I think a more valuable um, quality would be able to communicate effectively. And that, that's different from being able to stand up in front of a crowd and speak, mm-hmm. you know. A good leader should be able to effectively communicate with their team, with, with, with the people that they're surrounding themselves with, so that they're all in line with a certain, with, with a certain goal or mission. You know, it's, it's different from them just standing up here and transmitting something to an audience. You need to be, you know, maybe, you know, because even in the pastoral field that you have, which is funny to say, it's you have preaching pastors, <laughs> yeah. but then sometimes you have campus pastors who never even preach. You know, they're just literally leading the church. So if you're not a good speaker, like, that's, that's totally okay. And, and the, thing about, the thing about not being a good speaker, the beauty of it is that it's, it's not something, yes, yeah, some people are, are talented and gifted, but the thing is that it's literally something that, that can, be, can be learned. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a skill that you can practice and practice. I, in my managerial communication class, that's something that my teacher often talked about. My professor, um, he he kept mentioning that like if if you if you want to be a gifted speaker, literally just put yourself out there. You know, just it start and it starts in class. Like if, if nobody wants to talk, you know, raise be, be that person to to, to to speak up or or have the best presentation in the class. And it's just it's just literally like that's the beauty of it. It's it's not something that that you can't acquire. It's definitely something that you can acquire, but it does come through practice just like everything else. But for just just overall, like it's not a it's definitely not something you need. You don't have to have it, but I think it does come with its perks to be able to just stand in front of a crowd. Well, thank you Jesus for joining us this month. Thank you guys for joining us this month as well as we talked about where is God in the midst of our pain and suffering. Um, feel free to email us any questions at outseawithacupofjoe at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at outseacupofjoe. And don't forget to follow Jesus, um, which will be available in our comment section. <laughs> and if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be on the screen right about now. And don't forget that even the small things make a difference.